0: Welcome to Serve Sustain, the podcast that explores the problems in our food system and the entrepreneurs working to solve them. I'm
1: Liv. And I'm Olivia, the English one. Yes, we have the same name, but hopefully Liv
0: and Olivia and our different accents are distinction enough. Together, we hope to show you that through innovation and determination, we can eat better for ourselves and the planet. Close your eyes and imagine New Zealand. What do you see? Maybe rugby comes to mind or thousands of sheep or hey, even Lord of the Rings. But that's not all New Zealand has to offer. With 13 national parks, forests and reserves, which comprise 20% of the entire country, New Zealand has become a top ecotourism destination. For the past 20 years, their National Tourism Department has deployed the famous slogan, cleaning green. But recently, the country has come under some intense scrutiny. Some critics call this eco-friendly image an exaggeration, while harsher ones call it a fantastical myth, as fictional as The Hobbit itself.
1: Their objections are not entirely unjustified. New Zealand, as mentioned before, is filled with livestock, And as a result, the country has some of the highest levels of greenhouse emissions per capita. Now, New Zealand does deserve some credit. At the turn of the 21st century, they banned the production of any and all GMO crops and livestock, but to bring down the livestock count, GMO-free it may be, Kiwis, like many other countries, must start eating less meat. And they need more appealing, affordable plant-based
0: options. It was within this politically charged environment that Fruise Balls first emerged. Fruise Balls are a line of vegan energy balls made from simple, real, non-GMO ingredients that are better for you and the planet. They were initially created by Chef Jeremy Dixon in his vegan cafe and sold to the local Auckland clientele. He wanted to expand the business to bring his delicious snacks to even more people. And to accomplish the daunting task, he recruited his longtime friend, Cherie Jackson. Cherie also came from a food background, albeit on the marketing and managing side. The two paired up and have been an unstoppable force since. They now produce six unique and delicious flavors and just recently launched in every U.S. Trader Joe's. So today we have the honor of sitting down with Sheree to talk about her journey in food and more specifically with Fruise Balls. Hello. Hi. Hi guys, how are
2: you? Doing well, how are you? Good, it's lovely to meet you. It's lovely to meet you
1: too. Thank you very much for joining us on the show today. We're really excited to have you and to learn about Fruise Balls.
2: Thank you. Thanks for having me.
1: So to start, what was it like growing up in New Zealand and how did you come about balls?
2: So I'm actually Australian, but I'm married to a New Zealander and my three children were all born in New Zealand as well. But um, yeah, I, I had probably the most idyllic childhood. It was literally all rainbows and sunshine growing up in Queensland. Um, I think when I look back, all of the things that I thought were dorky about my parents, I now realise how really sustainable and gentle um, their lifestyle was. You know, they reused everything, recycled everything, regrew everything. (laughs) So, um, you know, super water efficient. So they, they actually had this very idyllic sort of way of life.
1: Yeah, it sounds like it. So when did you make your way over to New Zealand?
2: Um, So I worked for a large um, consumer goods company uh, in Australia as well. It's where I started um, my marketing career and I was transferred over to New Zealand, um, gosh, in probably like, I think it was 1999, (laughs) a long time ago now, but I was transferred over there um, along with my husband and I was a senior brand manager for the leading breakfast cereal company Uh, in New Zealand Um, and that's where I actually met Jeremy. So we both worked for the same uh, company and Jeremy's my business partner. He's also the founder of Foosballs and he's the the genius behind it all. So Jeremy um, started, um, he left the company that we were working for and he went out and started these very cool vegan cafes called the Revive Cafes. So um, and that's where Fruise were born.
0: So how did you first get interested in food and nutrition to begin with before even starting your marketing job? Great question. So my earliest memories
2: are sitting on the kitchen floor uh, in, with my grandma, stirring a bowl of who knows what. But, um, you know, we've always been a family that's grown veggies, been interested in food. My my uncles were farmers. So food and nutrition has really been the central part of our, our whole life. And my mum's a home economics teacher. So, you know, learning about food and nutrition and cooking again, it's just right from my earliest memories are about food uh, and cooking.
1: So when did you decide to join Jeremy at the Revive Café?
2: So um, I didn't join Jeremy at, at the Revive Cafe, so I left New Zealand and went to Canada uh, and lived there for a year and then we were transferred to um, Chicago, which is where I am now, about 12 years ago. Um, And I've worked in various industries and doing different marketing jobs throughout that time. Um, All that time, though, we stayed connected with Jeremy. We watched what he was doing um, at the cafes. Um, He went on to, um, after doing, you know, a stellar job at marketing, he went on to um, create all of these fantastic recipe books, these vegan recipe books. Then he was on, you know, he became like a celebrity chef uh, on New Zealand TV, world famous New Zealand, as we like to say. Um, and then he, uh, he started making balls. So originally they were just like these um, yummy little what we would call bliss balls. So they were just plant-based ingredients that you put together in a, a food processor. You hand roll them and then, um, you know, he was selling them to his guests as a, as a nice little dessert. Uh, and then his, his um, guests wanted to take them home and I guess eventually, he, you know, he saw a commercial opportunity Another mutual friend of ours is like a child genius. Um, He's a magician when it comes to engineering. So he said, you know what, I can make a machine to do that for you. Um, And that was the beginning of a very successful launch into um, the realm of of healthy snacks. So he made this machine, enabled us to commercialise or enabled them to commercialise. Um, and then they are now you know they they're now the number one selling healthy snack in new zealand they're in every supermarket gas station all of those types of convenience stores um and m- my husband and I were here in America um and we saw an opportunity you know there's such a, a an interesting trend toward um, veganism and healthy eating and gluten-free, nutritious, you know, people were just becoming far more conscious about what they were putting into their bodies and their children's bodies. So we felt that the time was was absolutely right um, to partner up with Jeremy and to introduce Fruits Balls to America. So we have.
0: So did you have to approach Jeremy and pitch him on it? Did you have to convince him at all or was he all gone home for it?
2: No, he knew we were here. And as I said, we're terrific friends. and We have been for a long time. He and his wife were the first ones to visit, you know, when our our little boy was born. And, you know, they're they're very long-term friends. Um, So I think it was kind of like, hey, why don't we give it a go? We're here. My husband and I, you know, were here in the United States. We had the appropriate visas and all of that to be able to start a business. So we kind of just did it as a little bit of a side gig to start with. Um, And we tested the market. It was originally, it was, you know, packaging that was designed on PowerPoint pretty much. Um, And then, you know, we tested it and then we kind of regrouped. Um, I finished up a job and um, was in a space where I, had time to dedicate to this. So um, we regrouped, we completely redesigned the packaging, we tweaked the flavor profiles to what we thought would be more appropriate for an American palate. um, And then we launched.
0: That is awesome. And I know there are slightly different food restrictions in America than there are in the rest of the world. And sometimes we're actually more liberal in America, like you can use not so great ingredients. Did you guys have to tweak the recipe to, not just in terms of palate, but did you struggle with ingredient sourcing or just keeping the product as pure as it was back in New Zealand? No.
2: In fact, we do actually still produce in New Zealand, um, which is, is is a bit of a selling point because um, we are non-GMO certified, but that's not even a thing in New Zealand because because all the food in New Zealand is non-GMO, you know, it's not genetically modified at all. So, um, you know, the food is naturally cleaner, greener. Um, It's just, you know, it tastes good. So, yeah, we still produce in New Zealand.
1: What were the biggest challenges in getting balls off the ground in both the US and in New Zealand?
2: I think it is... With any entrepreneur, um, it, the, the biggest challenge is maintaining your grit and maintaining your enthusiasm and just keeping pushing till you make, you know, until you hit that tipping point. Um, so, you know, there were a few times where we went, is this really worth it you know i we started the business out of our our, um, basement literally so with that we're that company so you know and it was a lot of like hauling and physical labor um to to actually make this work and there were many times where it's like i just you know i've had enough but i think we just we did keep assisting we saw wonderful feedback on you know we started launching on amazon which is a really easy way to scale business Um, and it was a really great way to start listening and hearing the customers voice so that's the one thing that I really one of the things I appreciate about that that business model Um, so we could hear and see the enthusiasm starting, and we got lots of feedback so again we could do more tweaking and responding to the customer Um, so yeah so um, it's been there's been a lot of challenge for sure the other thing is breaking through in a very Um, you know, there's a lot of different healthy snack options, um, on the table. So how can we be different? How can we differentiate and, and justify our position in the marketplace? Thankfully, um, we have.
1: Could you explain further the relationship you have with Amazon? Are there certain regulations you need to meet in order to use the platform?
2: yes certainly um so you do have to apply to be a supplier and you know obviously prove that you have good safety regulations and all those sorts of things in place um we registered um we do fulfillment by amazon so we still control the whole supply chain they don't actually purchase from us um which was important to us so we can control the pricing and make sure you know that it's it doesn't get away from us effectively um but it's just an excellent model and it's a way that small businesses can scale. So it's, you know, there's, there's a lot of pros and cons. It's expensive to do business. You are at their mercy. They can suspend your listings, but on the whole for a small business, the majority of of goods sold on Amazon are from small businesses like me.
0: You do come from a marketing background. So who are you marketing this ideally towards? Is it, the vegans and vegetarians, or is it just people snacking on the go looking for a healthier alternative?
2: Yeah. Our our whole philosophy is centered around providing nutritious foods that are affordable. So we want to be able to, I mean, we we do a lot of our marketing is targeted toward that vegan community. That's our core base. Um, but then, you know, it's for, for kids' lunch boxes and it's for offices and it's for your desk drawer and it's on the go for athletes athletes love bruise balls because they've got such a clean ingredient profile um so it, yeah so it does have a really lovely halo effect beyond just that vegan community and i think you know being non-gmo having no added sugars as i said a very very clean ingredient profile that does appeal to to a lot of different customers who just want to nourish their bodies with good things
1: can you explain to us why we should care that you're using natural sugars rather than refined sugars? Why does this make your product stand out?
2: So basically, when you are choosing foods that are more whole food plant based, it's all about the the vessel that those ingredients come in. So when you choose like an apple, for example, versus Um, juice, you know, you're getting all of the nutrients, you're getting all of the fiber and all the micronutrients and all of the, the, you know, all the goodness that comes in the whole package. So we do try and, you know, the majority of our ingredients are whole food plant-based. So in terms of when, you know, by contrast, when you're choosing something with added sugars, or, you know, just cane sugar, there's a lot of refinement and processing that has to, you know, go into place. So you, you know, a lot of the goodness is stripped away. Why are we better than other products? Um, we are very particular about the ingredients that we choose. Um, everything you read on our ingredient deck is um, understandable. It's clean and clear. Um, you know, we do make sure we go to great lengths to make sure it's a, it's a very, very healthy, interesting, delicious product. The other thing is taste and texture. It's really important to us but food tastes good because if it doesn't taste good, you don't want it to be like a chore or a a punishment to eat something that's good for you. So it's all about nourishment.
0: And just to back up, you talked about how your products non-GMO, which is amazing, but did you ever consider becoming organic or does that label not have a lot of weight to you?
2: It does have a lot of weight to us. Um, definitely. It's a balancing act between being affordable, and, um, and not. So for us, it's more of a um, priority to ensure that people can afford to buy our products and that they can and buy it more often. So um, we, we are always looking for affordable sources of organic ingredients. Some of our ingredients are, and we definitely want to go down that, that way. We do feel that um, choosing non-GMO ingredients is one really important step toward that. Um, We know that there are no pesticides and no, you know, nasty chemicals. We know that um, we're having a really positive um, effect on the planet by making that decision as well.
1: Where do you source the majority of your ingredients from? Are you using small local farms or large industrial farms?
2: That's a really good question. Um, All of the farmers or all of the ingredients have to be able to be traced right back to the farm gate like that's what part of the non-gmo process um so you know it has to be traceable um obviously we produce a lot of fruit balls so we have to you know there's there's a reality with that um but we i guess um quality is the really key um decision factor for us so it depends it's not whether it's a large scale or small scale farmer necessarily, but the quality ingredients is really our priority.
1: And are the ingredients coming from New Zealand?
2: Some are coming from New Zealand. Um, They are sourced from all over the world. Like, you know, dates, for example, don't grow in New Zealand. So they might come from California or, or Turkey or somewhere like that. Yeah.
0: Um, and then how is the company protecting the planet? I know you're plant-based, which is already a huge step if you can just get people to switch from whey protein, for example, to bruise balls, but also we were reading about your packaging and processing, if you could talk about that.
2: Yeah, sure. So we do choose recyclable packaging. Um, we've, you know, gone a long way towards doing that. We were we did test home compostable packaging. Um, we ended up reversing that decision because we found that people were just throwing it in the trash, and it was just becoming landfill. So um, both our puddles, we have little tubs and we have our packets, they're both recyclable. The tubs are reusable. Um, we recycle all of our cardboard. Um, the production of frisbees balls actually requires very little water. So that's another really great aspect. Um, but what I can say is that we are always looking for ways to improve our efficiency and um, improve the footprint that we have on the planet. Obviously one, um, if you'd like to say elephant in the room is that we are bringing our products from New Zealand. So there is an impact in terms of carbon footprint um, on that. So we we know that and we are looking, we've, you know, we've proven this market in the United States. And so we're definitely looking for ways to produce it locally and decrease
0: that footprint. And then with bruise balls, do they have a specific shelf life that limits the type of packaging that you all could choose from?
2: No, um, we use dried fruits and nuts, which inherently, um, you know, they have what's called a low water activity so that they're, they're very, you know, safe. So there's 12 months shelf life from the beginning to, and again, that's a a waste reduction factor, which is really great. Um, yeah, but we hope that people eat them far quicker than 12 months.
1: (laughs) And speaking of eating them, where can we find them in the U S
2: Great question. So we're at Trader Joe's. Um, we've got two delicious new flavors available there. Um, you can go on Amazon, of course. Um, we're at TJ Maxx as well, Home Goods. Um, you can also, we're in lots of different bodegas and throughout New York City, um, cafes, um, some really great little fruit and veggie stores, which we, we love dealing with, um, the family-owned businesses. Um, so, yeah, lots of different places. And
1: what are the different flavours?
2: Oh, goodness. So we've just launched these really yummy... um, This is a chocolate hazelnut. So we have a chocolate hazelnut, which is like a a healthy Ferrero Rocher. It's got like a nice... It's very yummy. It's got two different flavours in the middle. We have a PB&J. The jam in the PB&J is just all fruit-based. So it's got like elderberry and peach... uh, Not peach, sorry. Pear and apple and so forth. Um, We have... Peanut butter and mango and lemon cheesecake, it, all sorts of really yummy dessertified type flavors.
1: Yeah, they all sound delicious.
2: And now for the really hard question: which mm-hmm. one's your favorite? Oh goodness gracious, I I love lemon cheesecake. It reminds me, you know, I was telling you about sitting on the floor in my grandma's kitchen. It reminds me of some of the things that she used to bake. Um, but this guy, the chocolate um, hazelnut. Um, from Trader Joe's, that one is really delicious.
1: Yes, I think that's going to be the first one I try. Now, has the pandemic had a negative effect on your business at all?
2: Um, it's definitely had an impact. Like on our um, e-commerce, we had a lot of people that were panic buying to start with and pantry stocking. Um, but then the entire packaged goods or packaged snacks um Category took quite a dive, so it was really difficult through um, like May, June. Things went were really tough through that period. Um, one of the hugest blessings is that we launched into Trader Joe's at the end of June, so that's definitely helped our business. But overall, um, you know, people people are choosing differently. They don't need an on on the go snack; they're at home. Um, but as I think as school goes back and routines start to get a little more quasi normal, um, you know, that's when things will be better for us.
0: So did the package industry take a hit because of the hoarders like stocking up and then no one was buying?
2: Correct. Yeah. Yeah. People really, and you can understand, I'm sure it was the same for you guys as well. There was people turned to the traditional company. Put foods that they were familiar with. Um, it was kind of like you just wanted something that, that felt normal through that period. Um, on the flip side, other people were also really conscious of immunity building and choosing healthfully. And um, so, you know, that again is where we come into play is that nourishing nutrition um, that's good for everybody.
1: How did these huge swings in demand affect your production process and what mechanisms do you have in place to try and manage that volatility?
2: Um, again, because we were launching to Trader Joe's, we were actually in scale-up mode. So, um, you know, we, again, we can really count our blessings on that um, for sure.
1: How did the partnership with Trader Joe's come about?
2: Oh, look, honestly, I think it, yeah, yeah. Counting my blessings is what I'm going to tell you. So that was a, a case of um, sending an email to the right person at the right time. I think um, our, the success that we've had on Amazon and being able the the buyer being able to hear the customer's voice by reading the reviews, good and bad, um, that was really valuable for us. Um, the the you know the lovely quirky personality of Trader Joe's really fits um, our personality as well. Um, that whole concept of things have got to taste good and that idea of discovery, um, everything just fell into place for us. So you know how they say lots of good luck after many years of hard work.
0: (laughs) And then Sheree, one thing we love to ask all of our guests towards the end of the show is if you could give one piece of advice to young entrepreneurs, whether in food or otherwise, what would it be?
2: Connect, 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 um, really try to just build your relationships within the industry, find mentors, people to give you advice and who will be honest with you. Um, You don't want just yes people saying, yeah, yeah, go team. You want people saying, that's a really bad idea, that packaging looks terrible. You know, you want, so just keep connected and keep um, putting yourself out there and persist.
1: That is such a great response and networking really is key and finding mentors that will support you and give you feedback is just so valuable.
2: Yes, I, I could not have done what I've done without the people that have mentored and supported me. Um, my husband works for a, at a fabulous company called Milkadamia and that entire team have just, you know, they've just done everything they can to, to help me make introductions and, um, you know, I'm incredibly indebted to them.
1: Well, Sheree, it's been a pleasure
2: having you on the show today. Thank you for joining us.
1: To our listeners, if you would like to try Balls for yourself, please head to their website or Amazon or find a Trader Joe's near you. Until next time, happy eating.